0: Shut up. Don't talk while I'm talking, boy. Better quit crying before I give you something to cry about. Hush your mouth. Say something else. I dare you to. Silence. Something that we pretend to be comfortable with but gives most of us anxiety. Silence. The sound of nothingness. The sound so quiet that it scares you. Silence. Powerful tool used intentionally. Silence, a powerful tool used to hurt people intentionally. Silence, a never-ending purgatory for our thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Silence, the advocate, generational cycles of abuse. Silence, not always a survivor's choice. Silence, a response to fear. Silence, what meets us at death. After our last breath, welcome to Rethinking Manhood, where we bring men together to unlearn patriarchal masculinity and grow, learn, laugh, smile, and share experiences together in hopes of healing ourselves and being an agent of change in our community. Boom. That sounded so mission state me. I was writing the script, and those words just flowed together naturally. Silence, hmm. it's it's a really powerful thing for silence can speak louder than words at times. That's powerful and it can also be harmful and hurtful. I think of any time I've given someone or been on the receiving end of the silent treatment. <laughs> ooh, when you're receiving the silent treatment, you know something is up. And you know something is wrong, but you're kind of left in the dark on what's going on. You begin brainstorming different scenarios or situations that may have popped up. You start making a list of all the possible wrongs you may have done. Regardless of how we may feel about the silent treatment, there always comes a time when that silence must be broken. For you can't you can't move forward without breaking the silence. While in the recording phases and launching and planning of this podcast, I found myself sometimes thinking maybe I shouldn't do it. I feared maybe being judged by my patriarchal faith community, if they even hear it. Fear of family and friends, not being able to understand the duality of my experience. By duality, I mean the the holding of two conflicting ideas or things being true. I was ready to silence myself for comfort. Silence myself to avoid conflict. Silence myself to avoid being wrong. Silence myself to make life easier. Every time we silence ourselves... We give up our voice, and we hold our souls captive, masking the most authentic pieces of ourselves. I've been thinking a lot about my relationship to silence and what my life was like before therapy. I've been in therapy for almost two years now, which feels so weird to say. I'm like, wow, I can't believe it's been that long. For background, my life before therapy was silence. Silence until you gave me just the right amount of liquor or put me in the right vulnerable setting and I would just dump out everything. And I mean everything. When I first started drinking in college, I remember in small, intimate settings, drinking with friends and, you know, getting to that place where you were a little lit, you know, you may be a little drunk, you were a little schmizzed. And I would always feel myself wanting to cry. I would either avoid blinking and make the tears dry up, maybe distract myself with a joke or two, or I would sometimes let the tears out. And in those moments, I would feel like my memory would come back. And what I vowed to keep silent would knock on the door of my heart, begging to be released and free. I remember sharing very personal things at the most random times, sometimes disclosing very heavy things when it was uncalled for. When I think about that experience in that time, I learned that we were never really meant to stay silent for too long. Our souls and our bodies can't handle it. Our silence leads to increased anxiety, increased alcohol usage, increased drug usage, increased mental health struggles, and increased pain. I acknowledge that silence may be an act of resistance, liberation, and freedom for some. But for me, silence was nothing but a school bully. Maybe nice in one or two settings, but is ultimately beating you up and taking your lunch money. I was bullied once. When I was in the fourth grade, there was the sixth grader in my class who was my friend. We did everything together. We laughed together, we joked together, we sat at lunch together. It felt cool to be a fourth grader at a new school with a sixth grade friend. This friend wasn't perfect. He was certainly flawed. This friend was always hitting me, slapping me upside my head, slapping the back of my head, punching me in my chest. All of that. Thinking about this now, I kind of be like, dang, I was really getting punked. But at the time, I thought this was friendship and what it was like. I never hit him back. He was really tall, really big, and certainly was not your average 12 year old. He had experiences. He smoked weed, talked a lot about sex, and he just knew all the adult things. Boom, art class popped upside the head. Boom. In our main class, popped upside the head. Boom, punched in the chest. I was new to this school, formerly coming from a private school where I was one of the only black kids. I was so confused if this was friendly hitting or not. The movies always talked about how you approach bullying is eventually you have to stand up to them. So I started hitting him back after he would hit me. This did nothing. If anything, it started to feel like we were playing a game, but a game that I could never really win, a game that I could just play along with. Eventually, I got tired of it. The hits started to hurt, not so much physically, but they hurt emotionally. I don't know if I understood that at the time. It wasn't so much about what the physical hits were doing, for I could take that. It was more what it did to my self-esteem. The powerlessness that I felt, and the shame. So I did what all patriarchal men would do. I broke my silence. And I told my mama. <laughs> my mom had a conversation with the teacher, and the hitting stopped. This was one of the first times I was affirmed to not be silent. One of the things that we discussed in previous episodes is how patriarchal masculinity forces men and boys to mask their true feelings. Part of living life in that mask means committing to concealing anything in your life that brings up emotions and or feelings. The reality is many men are suffering in complete silence. They're experiencing depression, anxiety, fear, loneliness, and isolation, and not saying anything. Silence is a form of hiding, hiding from our guilt, hiding from our pain, and hiding from ourselves. We even silence our silence to avoid the loudness of silence. We scroll through Instagram when we have to pass time. We look at our Twitter feeds when we're in an uncomfortable situation. We disassociate from our present selves and escape to avoid addressing ourselves. Again, I'm not saying silence is completely bad, for there are many times, and I mean many times, when men need to shut up and listen. But see, that's the thing about a patriarchal society. It tells us that men should use their voice and speak up. That is until they are speaking about their pain or trauma. We need to rethink silence. Rethink about how we use it. The role silence plays in our lives, and the moments we are silent when we should be speaking. Silence was taught to us at a very young age. Take a moment and think about all the emotions you've seen men in your life express. There's two emotions I feel like I saw men express the most. Excitement and anger. Although I was never into sports, I was always fascinated by the way people respond to it. It was during sports games where it felt like I saw the dullest people come alive. Quiet people become loud, reserved people become charismatic, and calm people sometimes become angry. Rarely are these games quiet and emotionless. In fact, they are the complete opposite. A cool thing about being a preacher's kid is that I've seen my dad cry. He cries in church all the time. But I don't know if I've seen him cry because he was sad. Or maybe because he had a bad day or was just frustrated. I've Never really seen him cry outside of the doors of the church or outside of referencing God. My dad is an outlier in that sense. It always still felt like it was rare to see men express emotion during worship in churches. For the masculine way to worship was maybe with one hand lifted in the air, and that's only if you're really feeling it. And and after you have one hand in the air, you would make a fist with your other hand and pound your chest. If not that, maybe just a slow clap. But for a lot of men, you just kind of sit there in silence. It's personally hard for me to watch men cry, because it makes me cry, too. I never heard older men growing up ever talk about being anxious, being fearful, or being sad. Not on TV, not in books, and not in real life. As children, we often attempt to mirror the adults in our life. We try to walk like them, talk like them, and essentially be just like them. That is, until we find the courage to walk into our own destiny. It pains me to think about how many people, but especially men, are experiencing sadness or anxiousness silently, never getting help, or even telling a soul. I stumbled across the quote today in the book Honest Enneagram by Sarah Jane Case. I'm a type four, by the way. If you know, you know, and if you don't know, you don't know. I stumbled upon this quote while looking through the type six section with the student. The quote says this, when we worry, we live through the hard things twice. The experience of stressing over potential trauma can often sit in our bodies as if the trauma were real. Therefore, when we focus our attention on what could go wrong, we live through the experience whether or not we end up having to actually live through it. What sticks out to me the most is realizing that the stress of worrying sits in our bodies as if the trauma were real. Self-check. Are you working more hours, taking on new projects, and staying busy to avoid confronting your feelings? Are you distancing yourself from people in your life who show care and concern for you? Are you downplaying your feelings by saying things like it's not that deep or it's not that serious? Do you give yourself permission to not be okay? Or do you tell yourself you just have to push through it? Do you lie to yourself and to others when they ask, how are you? Are you present with your partner? Are you truly present with your friends or is your mind always elsewhere? Are you keeping secrets from people that you love? Trust. Silence is messy. It causes us to distance ourselves from the emotions that we find hard to handle. It works to keep secretive and non secretive worlds separate from each other. Unlearning or rethinking silence can be hard especially when we've learned to be silent about certain things for so long. Here's a few strategies that I recommend for readjusting and rethinking your relationship to silence. One, start journaling the emotions and feelings that come up in your brain. Before you're ready to open up to another person, it helps to start opening up to yourself. There's something so empowering about Documenting your experiences, having a record of your existence and humanity, and practicing believing yourself. Number two, practice being honest about the really small things before you get to the big things. Trust and vulnerability are things that are built over time. You don't have to jump headfirst into becoming open with yourself. Take your time. Start by being honest about what you want to do, things you like or dislike. Don't go with the flow for the comfort of coasting. I feel like there's a a song that's like, Say what you need to say. Say what you need to say. Take me up. Say what you need to say. I just want y'all to know I desperately needed that auto-tune. Desperately. Um, Sorry, we're having a serious moment. I apologize. (laughs) Number three, try out therapy You have been looking for a sign to try out talking to a therapist Let this be your sign My favorite part about therapy is that It is a space I have once a week that is all about me I can say what I want to say, how I want to say it Without judgment or without having to consider how it impacts another person It's easier for me to talk about things that are hard or things that make me uncomfortable because I've had the practice of doing it in therapy. And just as a reminder, I'm not saying that silence is always bad. Remember that sometimes being an advocate or an ally means being silent. Our silence has the power to make room for other voices that tend to go unheard. Remember, there's power structures that exist in every space and within every interaction. I made this episode because I just don't want you or anyone to suffer in silence. In the words of At That Paul Bloomer, if you are struggling, if you have feelings of self-harm or ending it all, Please don't be ashamed. I can promise you one thing. You are not weak. You've just been strong for too long. Many other men have been through what you've been through and I'm one of those men. You are not alone. There is help and support available. Thank you for listening to another episode of Rethinking Manhood. It has been such a wonderful journey. I hope you've been enjoying it so far. I need a few favors from you, though. First, if you're not already, follow the podcast Instagram account at Rethinking Manhood. If you're interested in learning more about me and my life, follow my Instagram page at Dustin D-E-S-T-Y-N, for F-O-R greatness. And I want to hear your feedback. I want to hear from you. So leave a review in any of our podcast streaming platforms. And thank you again for listening. It means more than what you may imagine. And I can ramble on forever about how grateful I am just to have this platform and to be able to engage in this conversation. Um, I wish that this week, is full of you interrupting silence in the sense of my hope is that when an emotion comes up that you won't silence or distance yourself from it that you would be human and allow yourself to feel it my hope for you is that if you are struggling that you would seek support that you would seek help my hope for you is that you will enter this week feeling centered feeling whole My hope for you this week is that you will find peace. All right, thanks again. Have a great rest of your day.